0: Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment, and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast, and I'd like to keep making it, so even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?
0: I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. I pay my respects to them and their cultures and to Elders both past and present.
1: How do you find the time when you can't find pause? A confirmation once your face is going to open some doors. You do what you got to do, stumble through.
0: Hello folks, and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator, and marketer. I am a short, round-faced white woman, and I am wearing a dark green and white-spotted pyjama top as an outside shirt. <laughs> um, and this week, we are talking about how to isolate and stay well with Ben Warren. Hey Ben, how are you going?
2: Hey Paula, I'm good. Thank you for having me back. It's good to, good to be back with you. For your listeners, I am a twenty seven year old white man. I have uh medium to long length hair which has grown a lot since i've been uh living in isolation uh, and I have blue eyes and I'm also wearing a blue shirt uh, with tiny little white boats floating around on it lots of them
0: I do like the boats they're lovely <laughs> kind of a, you it... i'm
2: glad that you enjoy them yeah it's uh it's sort of a uh, maritime, I'm going for yeah, like a yacht club sort of vibe while I sit in my room for many weeks at a time.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Reminders of the outside world.
2: Yes. You know, seafaring and all of those wonderful exploratory things that are no longer allowed.
0: Aww. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. Can, on-
2: can we seafare? Are we still allowed to fare the seas? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: um, I suppose if it depends just- how long. And with what intention?
2: Yeah, and uh, like with other people. If you're a solo seafarer, maybe there's some sort of loophole. Like if you live on a boat, then you, maybe the world is really your oyster right now because you're the only one who can circumnavigate the waters.
0: Oh, that is right. I wonder what it's like for people in houseboats right now.
2: I mean, I think we're probably getting a very good taste of what it's like for people in houseboats generally
0: true although more steady you know because i imagine
2: the water kind of yeah it's true unless yeah if i got a waterbed then maybe i would have a pretty comparable lifestyle aside from you know looking out onto a street versus looking out onto the magical vista of the ocean
0: that's true well look if you were a houseboat docked or it's docked right like boats can't park
2: yeah, they drop anchor, which is basically like, yeah, or you dock. Yeah, I don't know you. Yeah. I just remember going canoeing, and we were told that we had to raft up, and then we grabbed each other's canoes and just, <laughs> like floated together. I don't think that's how. I don't think the houseboats all link arms and float down the rivers together.
0: <laughs> That'd be so cute, though. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, hold on. We cross the ocean.
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: Oh, we've gotten off track. <laughs>
2: Very quickly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, look, I feel like it's entertaining. And as long as we're entertaining people, mild tangents are okay.
2: I agree. Uh, Rules for life.
0: (laughs) Um, Have you stumbled through anything this week?
2: Uh, I have, actually. Uh, I went for, I went outside to do some exercise yesterday, um, which has been, yeah, a real, a real source of enjoyment uh for me during during this weird sort of time of the coronavirus. Uh, and yesterday I decided to go for an urban hike around uh Southeast London, which is where I'm basing myself at the moment. And so I basically decided that I wanted to pick a new direction and go for a walk. And I didn't really put much of an end point on that. Uh, so I just left home wearing a wearing my face mask and carrying a backpack with a little bit of lunch and supplies and water. Uh, And I went for about a four-hour hike. Uh, However, unfortunately, after about 14 kilometres of walking, um, my toe got really, really sore and started to sort of swell up. So I was literally sort of stumbling and staggering back home for the last six kilometres of my big hike yesterday. Um, So I think that was... An example of, yeah, something that I've I've stumbled through this week in very much, uh, <laughs> very literal terms.
0: Oh, I'm sorry that your toe hurt. You kind of had to hobble home. That's... Mm.
2: Yes, a little bit. And I'm just stretching it out today um, and hoping that it returns to its normal uh, size and function.
0: <laughs> its normal size and function. <laughs> uh, what, what shoes did you use? Because I remember when I... Back in uh, 2017, I think it was, I hiked the Great Glen Way. And I remember on day two, getting quite close to the accommodation. So everyone falls away and you kind of pass people and they pass you on the hike. But somehow we all kind of end up at the accommodation town at roughly the same time. And this one girl in our group, well, not group because it was all individuals, but this one girl had to like, Pull over, for lack of a better word, to the side of the road because she'd gotten a blister and kept going, and the blister had essentially made her toenail fall off.
2: Oh my goodness, that sounds so revolting and definitely worse than my experience. Um, oh, that's just gross. I think <laughs> I think hiking hiking injuries are like are like almost like such a useful way of looking at how like how human beings get through life because like. Like any hiking injury, unless like some like really left field accident happens, like hiking injuries are just really bad blisters or sunburn or like you overextending a muscle a thousand times in a row. And I find like that's such a good way of looking at life because we just make very small mistakes. All the time until we reach a point where we go, oh, I can no longer do this because I have no toenail left, or, <laughs> or because my foot is now swollen, or because the sunburn is really, really bad and cancerous. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. No, that, I hadn't thought about that. That's a really good point. Maybe,
2: maybe there's something in that. Maybe life is just hiking. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with that idea.
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I like that because. The thing is that with hiking you still have to go back like you can't just stop wherever you are you can't just stop because it's uncomfortable you actually have to find a way to move through it and (laughs) so back to the topic at hand um ben how long did you quarantine for and why
2: uh that's a very good question i quarantined myself um for the recommended time frame of 14 days um, so I was, yeah, I was in my home here in London, southeast uh, for 14 days. Um, I was also self-isolating or like doing the physical distancing um, stuff for two days before that. Uh, and then once I had finished that two weeks of quarantine, uh, I then resumed the physical distancing and self-isolation practices that I had started two days before. Uh, and I have been doing that since, Oh goodness. Uh, basically I started everything on the 18th of March. Uh, so I've now been, yeah, I've now been, uh, living my, my fairly physically distant life, uh, for about six weeks, I would say, um, maybe five weeks.
1: So
0: yeah. Wow. Wow. And I suppose it's important for us to talk about the difference between quarantine versus isolation or physical distancing.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I, for me, the quarantine uh, process was um, ensuring that I didn't leave my property. So that was uh, just to, to completely avoid the, the spread, of, um, spread of any potential uh, viruses. Um, so that was, yeah, the reason that I, I sort of lived in quarantine at my house, didn't, you know, didn't go to the park or visit the grocery store or, you know, certainly not enjoy the company of uh, any of my friends. And then the, the experience of physical distancing and, um, and of self-isolation has been a little bit more relaxed in that I can make the occasional trip to the grocery store, um, to pick up essential items Um, and that I can, you know, go outside and and do exercise each day if I, if I choose to, to leave my property to do that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's small concessions and differences between those two things. Uh, realistically for me, the, the impact on the, the social life has been pretty similar, um, in terms of my physical ability to hang out with people. Um, neither, neither of those scenarios, both being in quarantine or, um, Doing a, a physical distancing regime, uh, neither of those allow for me to to go out and meet friends. So um, yeah, the the social aspect has had to move to other platforms. But um, yeah, nothing nothing different on that regard.
0: Hmm. And you you had to quarantine like properly quarantine because I think like someone in your household you know came into uh, into contact with a known case, and therefore it wasn't just like a oh you know let's take this a bit more seriously for funsies. It was like no. We have to stop the spread.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, my housemate um, developed a couple of symptoms and was very good at letting us know um, within you know within a couple of hours of those symptoms starting. Um, that he was potentially, you know, he had potentially contracted it, um, but he said, you know, we'll just wait and see and see how the symptoms develop and symptoms pretty clearly developed in the direction of of the coronavirus.
1: Uh Um,
2: uh, So, so we all yeah made the decision to to go into quarantine just to, to make sure that, you know, if we had been spreading it before that point that we were no longer a possible source of that contagion. But yeah. So, so because we were living in a, a share house situation, um, the guy who contracted it um, is sort of obliged to wait until his symptoms ease. And um, once they have eased and it has been seven days, then he was sort of able to, to leave the house and he was able to, to leave quarantine. Uh, but for anyone else in the house who hadn't contracted the symptoms or hadn't started showing signs we were required to stay inside for a minimum of 14 days just to allow the virus time to, you know, to infect us if it was going to infect us, which fortunately we didn't show any symptoms, so that, that was one of the, yeah, the real benefits and, and we're glad that we made it through that period without getting sick.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you didn't get sick, but it's also kind of funny that almost like you have to, to let the the virus do its work if it wants to, like, just give it the yep. option, you know? Let it marinate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> big big part of me kind of wishes that on day one i would just asked my housemate to cough into my face a few times um, <laughs> just to get the virus you know if we're going to develop natural antibodies towards it it would have happened uh and then i probably would have been able to leave quarantine a couple of days early but
1: <laughs> no also it was nice
2: to be it was nice to be inside for two weeks and not be really horribly sick because <laughs> mm. i think it would have been be nasty
0: true True. Do you think that this is slightly off topic? But do you think that living with your housemates in a share house was a good thing in terms of your?
2: Yeah, having having housemates, I think I think was really good. I I, I think I would have struggled to not have any social contact um, for that time. So yeah, really grateful that there were other people in the house, um, and probably provided a really a nice opportunity to get to know them a little better. I think often, often people live very closely with friends or with family or with partners. And for me, like these guys are are definitely closer friends now than they were at the beginning. So yeah, so really grateful to have had some, some company and and some other people going through a similar experience. I think it galvanized us pretty well because we realized that we were all, we were all stuck inside basically. So yeah, grateful in some ways.
0: That's nice. I'm glad that you had company, you know. So you say that you've been a mixture of quarantining and isolating for at least two months now. How long has it felt?
2: Oh, (laughs) I honestly, (laughs) honestly, it's flown past. I would say it's, it feels like it's gone quicker than it has. Um, And I know that experience won't be universal among a lot of people. I think a lot of people will find that the time is dragging really slowly and that's definitely okay as well. Um, But for me, I, I've, I felt especially the first month of being either in quarantine or, or, you know, self-isolating at home, that flew past for me. I'd say a month felt like two weeks. Probably in the last week, it feels like I'm adapting to this new rhythm. And so, you know, the weeks are moving by at a more regular pace for me. But I think, yeah, generally speaking, time's flown. That's
0: cool. Do you think Time is slowing because it kind of feels like the days blur together or does it just feel like it is passing at a much more quick pace, I suppose?
2: I think routine has a big part to play in that, in that without the regular routine of going to work. Uh, and for me, I was working evenings which would mean that my social life would either happen during the daytime hours or quite late at night after work. So having that sort of schedule completely disrupted, yeah, I think think that just meant that it felt like, as you said, the days were kind of blurring together. I didn't have much of a structure, which often having a working week, like a traditional working week provides, sort of not really having the obligation to be at a certain place at a certain time, five or six days a week meant that the days did sort of blend together. I also think that having a renewed sort of energy to connect with friends over video platforms, like that meant that I was connecting a lot more with friends back in Australia who were obviously on a different time zone to the time zone that I'm in here in London. So it often meant that at the beginning of my day and at the end of my day, I was connecting with people over a video call. So if that was happening, sometimes one call in the morning and one call at night, if I was repeating that process almost every day of the week, it did kind of feel like I would finally lay my head down to rest late at night, having had a great chat with someone on the other side of the world, and then be rousing myself relatively early to try and do the opposite with someone on the other side of the world. It kind of meant that the time in between was filled with you know me catching up on sleep or me cramming in work on a personal project or something so i think it's kind of the new schedule has been really interesting for me and it it does feel like i'm yeah i'm just hanging on to the handlebars while the motorbike shoots away
0: oh well i hope that you're wearing a helmet
2: (laughs) yes uh sure (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) ma'am. um so i mean i have to ask but what was the worst part of isolation slash quarantine and how did you manage
2: yeah, that's it's a good question. There have definitely been some low points. I think there are some really tangible things, uh, and then there are some more, I guess, esoteric emotional things, um, and maybe they're linked. So I might sort of chat about both of them in a weird way. One of the <laughs> one of the weird like things that I have realised that I really don't enjoy is participating in online quizzes and <laughs> losing at them uh, because I have I have participated in a lot of online quizzes with with my friends because it's a very easy way for everyone to catch up and see each other's faces from our individual homes but as part and parcel of doing so many of them I have performed quite badly and lost I would almost say a hundred percent of those quizzes I I think I've come last at Um, so I've realized that I don't like losing at things, especially when it's like an intellectual thing, like an intellectual experience. Um, so that's been kind of tough to realize that my social life is tied to quizzes, which I am bad at. Um, oh, no. That's probably just one silly, like tangible example. One of the, one of the, the big challenges has just been managing my own motivation and, and recognizing that i I might be really struggling to to do some work or to find some work or to just you know get myself out of bed and go and do some exercise or something I think just being aware of that and and how that now falls pretty much solely to me to make sure that i'm I'm getting motivated that's that's been pretty difficult um, and i've I've noticed that at different points during during the six weeks or so that I've been yeah in isolation so that's been that's been a big challenge and yeah definitely not something that that I want to to become the new normal so definitely the the most challenging bit for me I'd say
0: yeah well I suppose with the with the quiz thing I guess that because it's an online setting you know usually when we do quizzes we're going down to the pub in a team
1: yeah and
0: that's it yeah it's it's not just our own intellect for starters and it's also <laughs> the fact yeah. that we're physically with people like there's a much more like we're doing our best and obviously it's so meaningful to still be able to do a version of those things with people now but there isn't as much social or like tangible socialness to it so there's a lot of focus on the fact that you did get eight out of ten things wrong <laughs> I definitely love classic cars.
2: Absolutely. It's a nice reminder that I do much better when I'm around other people. Like and that yeah. And I think it's a good good thing to remember generally is that we do operate better when we have supportive people around us and, and helping us out and having a laugh with us. Like, yeah. So it's a a timely reminder for that and and definitely something that will yeah motivate me you know if and when this sort of scenario ends to really yeah to really enjoy the company and the quiz knowledge of others
0: yeah well look I think that if we all come out of this isolated world and still have to tell people to put their phones away when we have coffee with them like
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: I've had enough screen time to last my entire lifetime.
2: Absolutely. For me, the worry is that people will become so addicted to the routine of connecting using technology that we won't be able to stop using it when, when we have the, the face-to-face thing. I think it'll change. Yeah, change change the scenario, that change the game yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty think- dangerously. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe we'll just not forget. But maybe it will become confronting and scary to do face to face stuff. Possibly,
2: yeah. The stakes Ooh. might get raised.
0: What was something surprisingly lovely that you discovered or experienced during your time of, I suppose, quarantine? Because like that would have been the more intense period. So, what's been a? Yeah,
2: um, that's a yeah. That's a really good question. There's been in the in the two weeks that I was at home. Probably the best thing that I sort of started doing was like high intensity workouts, um, in my little, like in my backyard, in my little courtyard that we have, my housemate had been doing these things just like setting up his laptop and, and doing like 40 minute intense cardio and stuff. Um, and that was, yeah, that was really, really cool for me to participate in. Cause normally a lot of my exercise had sort of been self-directed or like connected to commuting for work and riding a bike or going for a run Um, but it was really nice to do something entirely different and sort of feel the impact that doing that every day had on on my body and and still is like it's still a practice that I'm trying to do every day or every two days so that has been something really enjoyable for me is to to feel a tangible outcome from from exercise that I probably wouldn't have invested my time in otherwise
0: that's really cool um, quick question before we move on to the next segment. Um, there was a sound that came through when you were talking. that sounded like a sad recorder. Um, can you please <laughs> verify?
2: I am confident that rubbish bins being entered, uh, uh, emptied. Um,
0: <laughs> Conceptually, so one would you can
2: probably still hear it. it. It's kind of a squealing noise. Mm-hmm. Um, so. To describe that further, I think that it would probably be a large rubbish truck picking up, like, sort of skip bin-sized rubbish bins uh, and making quite a noise while doing it.
0: Oh, okay. I prefer. If it's bed. not
2: that, then it's something from War of the Worlds. Oh, okay. I feel like those monsters made a similar sound.
0: Oh, I haven't seen War of the Worlds. I just pictured a, a floating recorder tapping outside your window and just playing because it was bad. <laughs>
2: i think I think this recorder is making its way slowly down each house in our street, so we may we may continue to be interrupted, but that is the life of the quarantine <laughs> you can 't do a podcast in quarantine without hearing a few rubbish bins
0: <laughs> isn 't that a meme like twenty twenty the year when your bins go out more than you do
2: <laughs> I love that it's <laughs> very accurate.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Final, final question that I have for you is, do you have any advice for anyone who's about to go into quarantine or who's quarantining right now?
2: Oh, absolutely. I have lots of advice that I would like, that I would take from my own experience and apply again, if I could, if I could have my time in quarantine again. Um, (laughs) But I think I might sort of broaden it out because otherwise that'll just be very specific to me. So I think it's, It's important to recognize that there are a a couple of different levels of things that you can achieve with your time in in quarantine. Um, And the first thing is just surviving. Um, So it is a new environment and and it's not one that we have been very well prepared for. Um, So just getting through, you know, getting through from one day to the next is really great like you don't have to feel like during your you know two weeks or three weeks or 12 weeks or longer you don't have to feel like you have achieved everything and that you've completed new skills and leveled up your life and you know been productive and and worked really hard you don't need to have done any of those things you just need to have gotten through to the end of it and maintained you know a reasonable level of physical health so that i think is an important parameter to put around anything like any advice that you get or anything you read it's just important to know that the main job that you have during quarantine is to survive it and just to get through to the end and the end may be a little while off so to not lose sight of the fact that just getting through is a really great thing to do then i guess on top of that you've got the opportunity during quarantine to thrive so you don't have to you don't have to do things the way that you've always done them maybe if there were parts of your life that you were a little bit bored by or that were getting a little bit stale during your time in quarantine you could shake that up and you can experiment with some new things and certainly i'd recommend doing that as much as possible because the time in isolation and the time sitting by yourself or, or not being able to go outside can become really, really damaging if, if you let yourself sort of slip into bad habits. So very much, I encourage people to, to find the things that that make them tick and, and find the things that keep them motivated and try to adapt them or to find creative new ways of doing those things. Um, So yeah, whether it is something connected to your physical health, like exercise, maybe it's connected to your diet and making sure that you're eating in a certain way. Yeah. I think one of the great joys for me has been deliberately ordering food online and trying to, to make the best of it and to to make new recipes and stuff like that. Like, I just think, yeah, finding the opportunities to adapt how you were living your life before and how you can live it when you're in quarantine um, is kind of like a nice little challenge. It's almost like playing a video game or something. And I think give yourself the points that you deserve. You know, anytime you try something new or you, you know, set yourself a challenge, give yourself the points and give yourself the kudos and 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 try and keep yourself. Motivated in that way because when you don't have people around you necessarily to share those experiences with, it can be you know it can feel like you're not making any headway. So um, yeah, share those wins. You know, share them with your your support network online, but certainly share them with yourself and acknowledge that once you've done a good job of just surviving, you can also encourage yourself by thriving and and hopefully yeah, giving yourself lots of motivation in that way.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense in terms of not only recognizing that you don't have to, you know, come out of this with the to-do list finished forever and TikTok has been seen, like you finished all of this, <laughs> you know, um, that there is like a certain, the, the only thing that is required of you is to stay home and wash your hands and get through it and, the way that you adapt to that will be beneficial to you once it ends too.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you for your insights.
2: Oh, no worries at all. (laughs) I'm glad that I didn't think that I had many. So um, yeah, I think. It, it's it, it's that interesting time where I think we can we can just experiment with our lives a little bit right now, and and I hope that it provides us with some really useful blueprints for what we want to make the world like once you know once quarantines and, and social distancing measures start to get list lifted, I you know I hope that we we can use this time to yeah start start planning for a, a little bit of a stronger, more sustainable world um, and. Any way that we can do that um, in the yeah, in the weeks that we are stuck at home is is a real benefit.
0: Yeah, I think that one of the things that I'm realizing is that during this period of time, a lot of our pleasurable distractions have been taken away from us. So the things that we would do instead of doing uncomfortable reflections, or the things that not in a mm. bad way, but the things that kept us from acknowledging or realizing particular areas of our life may not be as conducive as we want them to, or maybe particular thought patterns aren't as healthy as we want. Like we're being given the space to not only see that now because all these usual distractions have been taken away and broken up. But as you were saying before, we've actually got the opportunity to remodel our lives because we don't have to remodel it as we go. We've got some time to do the prep and to plan and to try things out. Like you were saying about purposefully ordering food and trying to make the best of it that may not have been feasible when you were doing mm. um, a traditional office job because bloody tired when you get home you know if you work and commute it's it's not the same to be able to just give it a go on a Tuesday Wednesday Thursday night you know like yeah and so that's kind of a, a really good way to reframe it and maybe that's what the best thing that can come out of this is is um, finding ways to reframe things for our benefit and practicing yeah. that exercise and, like, that muscle, you know?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I think you hit on, like, a prescient point and you might have heard a church bell ringing in the distance um, as you were doing that. So <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge that is, yeah, that's a church bell from just around the corner from me, um, not some weird ghost in our podcast.
0: Uh, but, <laughs> just chiming in.
2: <laughs> just chiming in
0: um, I, I must also confess that if you heard meowing, that wasn't your imagination that was my cat outside my door
2: <laughs> I like pets pet bombing video calls uh, during quarantine, I think they do such a good job of it, one, um, I haven't been doing any like official work calls or anything um, uh, been doing a lot of sort of voluntary things over video what? but um, I've definitely heard a number of accounts from other friends who are still working Um, who have said that actually the, the working from home arrangement and the requirement to be on video calls a lot at home has resulted in some teams having new opportunities to connect personally with their colleagues, which I think is absolutely beautiful because it's such a nice reminder that the people you work with or maybe the clients that you work with are people too and they have maybe a family at home or they have a pet or they have a cute plant in the background, or they have an interesting artwork. And I think all of these things, they get erased from our normal working lives because they're not considered to be important. Um, But I think that, yeah, this is such a cool time to be like renewing our appreciation of people not just as, as worker bees or anything like that, but as, you know, people who have entire lives and entire storylines of their own. And I think, yeah, when you see something in the background of someone's um, video call, it's a really nice reminder of that.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, Ben. I love that.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't make the observation, but uh, I, I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I just think it's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you remembered it and you said it on mic, so... <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it's now my idea. <laughs>
0: that's, how that's how this works, right? That's how
2: it works, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and now it's time for the things I've never said segment, where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. So we have a couple of submissions this week, and the first one I've got here is: even though the world has changed, it doesn't feel like my life has changed all that much. Maybe I was socially isolating before it was cool, I guess, and that makes me think maybe I need to rethink my life. Mm, okay, um, that's
2: yeah. That's so, that's so tough. And it's such a useful learning, I think, in some ways. Uh, like, I think that in some ways we take our, our regular lives for granted. So this might be a really good time for us to reassess how, how that goes.
0: Yeah, I think that you're right. It's uh, It's a useful time to reassess and to see what we were doing just because it was out of habit and see what we were putting off just because we thought that we had all the time in the world or that the option would always be there. And now that the option isn't there, we're like, oh, actually I do want to go out more and I do want to go and adventure more, but it just wasn't a priority before and I didn't realize Mm. that. But equally, I suppose if you look back on the way that you were living your life beforehand and it's not so much that you were unhappy or that... You are realizing that you were unhappy. It's just that you're realizing there isn't much of a difference. Is is there an issue there then? Really? Like, hmm. or is yeah, it- maybe not. Yeah. If you were enjoying life and but particularly for people who are introverted, like hmm. obviously there's a frustration not being able to go anywhere, but if not seeing people often at all isn't a change hmm. from your normal life, but that's not necessarily a negative thing, then yeah. Do you have to change it? Do you have to rethink your life?
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, sometimes I think this experience will just clarify, for example, the, the more introverted among us, that it might be an opportunity for them to realize that actually my energy comes from spending time by myself and I need to craft more space for that. And, and obviously there have been lots of reflections at the moment about how... The world is geared towards extroverts, um, and that introverts have been really feeling, you know, feeling a little bit of of a, a balance shifting in their favour during during isolation, um, which I think is is a useful thing for us to to acknowledge. Um, and it's also just about ensuring that we we cultivate spaces for people who don't get their energy from hanging out with us. You know, making sure that the the pressure is never on uh, to do that. That's something that's worth. Learning during this, I'd say, and and coming out the other side with a new understanding of it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think that as with any major change to the world, or like large scale change in general, be that in your town, in your country, and your state, it means that we have the opportunity to see how the norms served a particular group over another, and so mm. being able to have that like change highlights that. And as you were saying with introverts, it's like, oh, well, imagine having this be something that you want to do, but not have this all the time. Then mm. we we now have the opportunity to kind of empathize with them in a way that, oh, this is what totally. you want. And I understand that more because it's not like I have to imagine it. I'm living it with yeah, you. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. It's a great opportunity.
0: Mm.
2: So the submission that that I've got here, I love this one because it's something that I've like felt acutely. Uh-huh. Um it says i never thought that i would have such a respect for people who conduct their intimate lives over the internet mm. and that like hit me really hard cuz like i think uh like intimacy as a single person living in in isolation and in quarantine is just not something that i have had any experience with and like that's totally there cuz you know human beings human beings crave connection and and also we crave you know physical intimacy and that's one of the things that isn't isn't really possible at the moment unless you're living with a partner or you know um, with a spouse so i think that's just something like and the the Again, it's a similar thing of, of shining a light on you know, people who were very good at conducting their, their relationships over the internet. I think for me, that's something that is still really threatening to me. And, and I don't know how to, how to go about having an intimate life over the internet. So huge amounts of respect for people who can do that. And, and certainly certainly a changing landscape in, in terms of dating and, and relationships.
0: Yeah, I think you're right it's not just intimacy as like the whole of feeling connection with a human being, but it's also, you know, the, the physical, you the, know?
2: the nuts and bolts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I suppose it's a totally different way of conducting it, but it's um, in some ways or in some instances it's by necessity, you know, intimacy in the digital age, man.
2: Yeah. And it's, yeah potentially a really useful opportunity for for those of us you know like me who have very little experience in this realm to mm. yeah to maybe clarify our understanding and and to you know to learn a little bit more about how intimacy can be connected uh, conducted yeah over yeah. the internet um and that might also really positively Im- influence sex lives once you know mm. dating lives once the crisis passes it might actually have some real genuine tangible benefits for for that experience yeah Certainly a, a useful perspective.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because by learning a totally different way to communicate, you can take stuff from that and then reapply it once you can be with someone in person, you know? Yeah,
1: and it's right.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's a really cool way to look at it. And, and to totally, like, blow all of that really good, insightful and well-thought-out and understanding conversation that we just had out the water, I would like to reference a meme which says, you know who's, yes, gonna... please. yeah, uh, and the and the meme is, uh, you know who's gonna suffer most? Fuck boys, fuck boys, the people oh. who are gonna suffer most right now because they have to court a girl for weeks, weeks. <laughs> well, not uh, even, that was really assumptive of me and really heteronormative, but you know, they have yeah. to, you know, all these people who are who are players who like to hit it and quit it. <laughs> As MC yep. Hammer says.
2: Our quarantine messiah MC Hammer.
0: I never thought that I would be quoting Mr. MC Hammer, but here we are. Chief
2: <laughs> quarantine officer MC Hammer once said.
0: Some guys like to hit it and quit it, but I like to stay and play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I suppose if that, that is the thing. We've gone back in time to a point where it was not only not frowned upon, but it was socially inhibiting to have a particular level of sexual and social freedom and you had to yeah. be much more conservative in the way that you conducted yourself
2: and i think that with that more conservative approach comes a more deliberate approach or a more a deliberate awareness of of how you conduct yourself so yeah maybe some fuck boys will be um having some really good revelations during this uh during this quarantine
0: yeah, they might
2: emerge, they might emerge. Uh, new as men. an
0: indie soft boy. That's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. Is that how it happens? Is that is that they go into the chrysalis of uh, <laughs> of of the the isolation and the quarantine, and they come out as the butterfly that is an indie soft boy? I don't know. I don't we'll know see. if that's
0: a butterfly.
2: <laughs> I don't know if that's a butterfly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, you're right. You know, it means that we're more considered because we have to be. And I suppose that it's Mm. not only an opportunity for us to realize the full weight and breadth of our actions and their consequences, but it means that we can also be less reactive and we can Mm. be more like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not going to be able to see this person for however many weeks. Do I really want to invest an hour talking to them now or whatever? Yeah, Totally.
2: Yeah, over here, like our lockdown in the UK could be extended, certainly until the end of the year. And so I think for me, it's like, it's kind of like the the scales have shifted a bit where like, where maybe before I was like, oh, I'm interested in pursuing something uh, with someone who I've met and I want to go on dates with them. But that reality has really shifted for me now because the dates that I go on are going to be hanging out over a video call and having cheese and wine or watching a movie together or something. Mm. Uh, and so it actually it actually frees you up like you don't you don't have to align your life with another person in the way that you previously did because you're not going to be hanging out with them in person. So it's kind of really unique. It sort of changed the playing field a little bit. The playing field is the wrong way of phrasing that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of lovely in a lot of ways because, yeah, you're not beholden to the, the old ways of going for a drink after work or anything like that. It's like, nope, you're all just stuck inside your houses. So... <laughs>
0: Alrighty, well, that's kind of it for the show for now. Unless, do you have anything else that you'd like to say, Ben?
2: I do. Um, in the time that I've spent in quarantine, uh, some colleagues of mine around the world have put together a fundraising activity. MASHED Theatre are presenting the first ever monologathon, uh, which will be a 24 hour live stream event so you can do it from the comfort of your own home um, and all proceeds that we raise during that 24-hour live stream event will go to the Uh, Actors and Entertainers Benevolent Fund of Queensland who do absolutely incredible work supporting um, actors and entertainment industry professionals who have fallen on hard times. Uh, And certainly at the moment, there is no greater need for them at the moment. Uh, Essentially, it will be a high stakes, highly entertaining 24 hours uh, where we will get actors from around the world, all in different time zones, joining in to tackle a Shakespearean speech in 20 minutes so you won't know what the speech is you'll get the speech out of an envelope and then you'll have 20 minutes to break that speech down and then to share it with your audience Um, and really just showing us what the work of an actor is when you're dealing with a Shakespearean speech, how you can make sense of it, how you can get through the complexities of the language uh, and turn it from being random words on a page into a performance in just 20 minutes. So we're hoping that people will see this and get insight into the actor's process and that ultimately it will be a really strong fundraising activity for the uh, Actors and Entertainers Benevolent Fund of Queensland if you are a performer with a passion for Shakespeare you are invited to submit an expression of interest to take part certainly if, if we're lucky we'll be able to get some some people who maybe haven't done very much Shakespeare and we'll see how they whether they, they sink or swim. <laughs>
0: It sounds like a great opportunity for people to experiment and be daring because as you say you know the stakes are high but also there is no demands placed on you and your creativity you have yeah. so many opportunities and you can make bold decisions. This sounds like the most wonderful adventure really.
2: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think for for an audience, you know, it's a nice peek behind the curtain because you know we all love watching great performances on on television or in a movie. And so I think that this is just a wonderful opportunity to see twenty minutes of the work that goes in behind the scenes. You get to see the chaos and the fear and the the uncertainty of trying to bring something to life for an audience. Um, so yeah, I think the audiences will be really lucky to to participate and to watch the actions of of our volunteer actors.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, it's all in service of the Actors and Entertainers Benevolent Fund. Which you're right. You know, there is no more important time than a time of crisis for artists because this is the time when we go to work I think that's Maya Angelou who said that yeah the the most heartbreaking thing not just that people have lost their jobs and lost literally an entire year's worth of work that had been planned Mm -hmm. and you know pieces were starting to be moved on but Mm -hmm. I, I think the most heartbreaking thing is that they have been left behind. And that even though now everyone's stuck at home, this is the stuff that we need. This is the sanity saving, well-being, nurturing thing that we're all doing. We're watching movies, we're reading books, we're listening to music, we're listening to podcasts, we're we're doing all this stuff. And that's art. And artists themselves, even though we do so much work to aid things like all those benefit concepts for the bushfires, now artists are the ones being left behind. And yeah. there isn't a whole lot being done for them so i think that you know really really well done to you and matt for organizing something like this and doing something about it
2: yeah um and and i hope that people will get a lot out of it once we once we launch and go live Heck
0: yeah. so exciting is there like a website that people go to to register do they email someone
2: yeah so you can head to the Monologathon website which you can find by following mashed theater uh, on their social media media channels. And so if you follow those guys, there'll be links up to, to expression of interests and to make donations through that website, uh, which will go direct to the Actors and Entertainers Benevolent Fund of Queensland.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, as we were discussing before, a lot of people are out of work and it's not just actors and casual workers. So we understand that It's times are tight and it can be quite scary financially right now, but any little bit helps, honestly, like it really, really does make a difference. And now just before we finish up, what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same?
2: Ooh, ah, this is a good one. I think it's such a good one during quarantine. I would remind myself every day that my actions now will be judged down the line cryptic yeah like i think there's been lots of nice messaging lately around like in 2 weeks time if if you found out that you had coronavirus would you be proud of your actions during the previous 14 days and I think that is such a useful way of us magnifying our, our existence out and thinking about how we treat our environment and the, the decisions that we make politically and the way that we use our time. I think it's such a useful lens for us to start thinking about those bigger questions um, and how we, can, how we can, as we've spoken about so much in this episode, how we can sort of redefine what, what our lives look like after this crisis. So yeah, both in the very tangible way of, you know, would you be proud of your decisions in the last two weeks if you found out that you had coronavirus? Would you be proud, you know, in in 60 years time when you came to the end of your life, would you be proud of the decisions that you collectively made around very important things like the environment? So,
0: yeah. Yeah, you're right. Ben. I think that it's in, in a strange way, coronavirus, as with any major crisis, I suppose, is highlighted, not only the dependency that we as human beings have on each other, but also the power that the individual has within their actions. Yeah, let's hope that we learn and grow from it.
2: Yeah, as Lin Manuel Miranda said in Hamilton, history has its eyes on you, and I think that reminding ourselves of that, that can be really nice sometimes.
0: That's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I promise I'll be good, Lin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lynn, Lynn's our guiding light in this time. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I'm I'm pretty pleased. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, then, and thank you for giving me so much of your time. I, I know this podcast episode is probably going to be a little bit longer than our usual ones, but I think that that's kind of a public service at this point. Because hey, don't we all need just a little bit more entertainment, a little bit more fun?
2: That sounds about right, Paula. It's been so good chatting to you. It's been so much fun.
0: And thank you, as always, to you for listening. Thank you to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Pigott. The music is by Jessica Fletcher. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us and makes me personally really happy. You can find us on Instagram as Stumble Through Pod or Facebook as Stumble Through Podcast. Until next time, do your best and take care of each other. Chat soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.